Good evening. Welcome once again, episode number two of All Things Alberta. I am your host, CC Michael, here to discuss once again all things Alberta. Uh, you can reach me just to get the, the formalities out of the way. You can reach me uh, at email ccmichael3520 at gmail.com. You can reach me at Twitter, ccmichael4, number four, ccmichael4. On Twitter, you can search me uh, Facebook, CC Michael. Uh, my trusted assistant has been uh, setting me up on other various social media outlets. Uh, you know, something he says, uh, what did he say? Uh, only 35 plus is on Facebook. So if you want to reach anyone younger, you're going to have to go to one of the other ones. So anyway, uh, I'll, I guess I guess we'll uh, be on that soon enough if we're not already uh, I'll have to find out and let you know today I wanted to cover a few things uh, man things I, I think I was on here two days ago uh, I think it was two days ago and and already I'm searching through going what am I going to talk about today and you know what when I, I contemplated long and hard about even doing uh, a podcast one of the things I was worried about is what am I going to talk about? Like all things Alberta. What am I going to talk about? You know, is it going to be one of those things where I'm only going to tune in once every week, month? What, what am I going to do? But I noticed that every day, every day uh, between wanting to throw stuff at my screens, uh, punch holes through my my smartphone at uh, social media types, uh, stories that I hear. Um, man, the problem isn't running running out of stuff to say. The problem is trying to maintain enough focus on, on one... How does anyone do it? On one story. How do you do it? Like, the tech stories, it, here and gone. It's done. What are we on to? We're on to all kinds of other things... You go on global. I, I went on global news because it was one story that I'm going to cover today. That uh, that why it had to be global. I don't know. Global, you drive me crazy. Can you get? You're almost as bad as CBC. Almost. Uh, I'd say at least you're not publicly funded, but that's not true, is it? Um, but anyway, it was it was global that actually did some journalism, journalisming, journalism. Actually did their jobs. How's that sound? Actually did their jobs with regards to the blockades. So I want to cover that. Well done, Global. I'm sure I'm going to hammer you in the future for uh, your unmitigated leftist bias. But at least, at least you did this right. So I'm going to give you the kudos there. We're going to cover that. Uh, today, uh, the UCP budget dropped. Um, I'll be honest, uh, I haven't read the budget. Now, this is... Maybe I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but, of course, the left goes crazy on budget day. Uh, what else? Kenny is talking about uh, backing oil and gas uh, with basically investing with public funds. I want to cover that just a little bit. Uh, we had uh, questions from episode one. Um, very good questions that I want to I want to address one, maybe two of them. Uh, they're pretty in-depth questions. Um, and then, uh, finally the mailbag at the end of the show. So, um, so yeah, why don't we, uh, why don't we get right on that then? Let's start with, uh, why don't we start with the UCP budget? I have not read the budget. 
lesson number one that I want people to know, I remember having this conversation with the first UCP budget. Uh, there was uh, some people that uh, I, I was having actual face-to-face discussions with, and uh, and they were they were let's just say they were listening to the mainstream media with regards to what was in the budget and what was not in the budget. And of course there was all these cuts. There was all these cuts to education. There was all these cuts to healthcare and, and all this other stuff. Um, it, it was hogwash. It was a lie. That wasn't true. Uh, anyone can get online. I, I haven't done it yet, but I'll bet you by tomorrow morning I can get online and all I have to do is punch in, but it might even be up right now for all I know. Uh, if my trusty assistant were here, I'd just get him to look it up, but, but he's not. So, uh, I digress. Uh, all you have to do is, is punch in Alberta budget 2020 and up will pop in your Google search up will pop a legislative assembly.ab.ca something with, with the link. Did you know Joe Q public, you can actually pull up the budget and read it for yourself. Did you know that? So whenever you want spin, I don't care if it's UCP spin, I don't care if it's NDP spin, you can pull up a budget. And if you can read past, let's say a grade nine level, you can read that budget and you can see for yourself what the budget entails. So stop listening to the spin and stop listening to the, the whining and crying and, and the uh, spin from the different, like I said, uh, UCP can spin it however they want and they're going to. Uh, NDP are going to spin it any way they want and they're going, they're going to. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out which way they're going to spin it. Okay, so do yourself a favor, open up a computer, hit Google and punch it in. It's easy. You can find this information for yourself. Now, what I did want to cover about today is the number of public union sectors that were protesting outside of the Edmonton legislature within an hour of the budget being released. Now, um, regardless of whether or not, I, I believe, I'm, I'm saying this without, without being positive, because again, I, I, I admittedly, I haven't looked yet. But it sounds like education funding is maintaining what it was. Uh, the Alberta health budget is maintaining what it was. And yet the public sector is losing their minds. And you can find on, on, uh, on, pop open your computer. What do I have open? That's a different story I want to cover later. Uh, Alberta budget. There it is. So let me see if I can, we're, we're changing up things too. I, we're getting fancy. I don't know. I don't know how well this is going to go over, but, uh, as you can see here, um, I've got the story, uh, Ezra Levant retweeted it. Matt Wolf. I'm not sure who Matt Wolf is, but here it is. The, uh, union, um, protest Alberta legislature. Oh, and look at that. It's devolved into, uh, denouncing pipelines. I don't have the words to describe how stupid this is. Let, let's listen for a sec. I'll back it up to, it's only, it's only 27 seconds here.
So there it is. It's kind of hard to hear what they're saying, but they are they are uh, slamming pipelines. Um, all all cards on the table. You're going to hear me say that more than once in time, right? Like I can't divulge everything all in one show. Uh, I I am employed by a public sector union, and one of the things that that drives me crazy about unions. I'm not anti-union, by the way. Let me get that out of the way. I'm not anti-union. But one of the things that does drive me crazy about unions and leftists in general is that they don't understand basic economics. You can, you can kind of sum up the whole thing by saying when the private sector does well, the public sec sector does well. Let me repeat that just just in case you missed it the first time if there's any lefties out there listening. When the pu the private sector does well, the public sector does well. The reason being is when the private sector does well, there's more jobs, there's more money coming in. The more money and jobs that are coming in, the more taxes governments get. The more taxes governments receive, the more money they have to spend on public programs. When you jack taxes, when you make it impossible for businesses, corporations to make a living, to earn money, what happens is, is they start looking elsewhere to do their business. Either that or they just close the doors, right? So if you just close the doors, all those people that were employed are now unemployed. Where do they get their money? Well... If they don't find another job immediately, they end up going on uh, EI. Um, EI is a fancy way of saying your tax dollars. Oh, I know, I know. It's They've paid into it. They, they get it back. What most people don't understand is CPP and EI all goes into one big pot. You're not entitled to any of it. Um, so these people go on... Government assistance essentially is what it is. It's government assistance. Where does the government get their money? From taxes. But what if they have less taxes? Well, then they have to go into debt and they have massive debts. And next thing you know, countries like Greece and others go broke. I don't want to get it wrong, but I, I, I vaguely remember New Zealand going fiscally, well, in the drain, to put it lightly. Uh, what happened, if I remember correctly, this was a number of years ago now, but if I remember correctly, they lost many social programs overnight. Gone. So for all you teachers and uh, other public se sector employees that are decrying no pipelines, well, Tech Minds just pulled the pin. There was $70 billion in tax money that goes towards things like, oh, your salaries, uh, your buildings, your maintenance of those buildings, um, gone. It's just gone. Uh, where's that money coming from? The other thing I will say about the UCP budget, and again, I haven't read it, but if I, if, if I understand the, the, the spin correctly, it said uh, 
I think I read somewhere that it was at 2.3. There was a 2.3% uh, uh, cut uh, across the board. Um, we are still on pace for just shy of $100, $100 billion in debt in the next three years. I mean, I, I am shocked that those on the left are angry about the budget. It makes no sense. Uh, fiscal conservatives should be livid. Um, this is not the Ralph, Ralph Klein cuts. I, uh, I, I did see a, uh, a, a tweet from uh, Jason Kenney, I believe it was yesterday, that, uh, that lauded the actions of the federal liberals uh, back when Paul Martin was uh, was the finance minister and how Paul Martin and Jean Chrétien uh, actually tabled fiscal fiscally conservative budgets, including pretty deep cuts on the on the heels of provinces like Saskatchewan, unbelievably with an NDP government uh, and uh, and Ralph Klein in Alberta at the time uh, with those massive cuts. Uh, basically lauding them as he should, as he should laud them. But my question to him is, why, why doesn't the Alberta budget under the UCP government look anything like those fiscally conservative, constrained, spend within your means budgets? Why are we still on massive uh, deficit spending? It makes no sense. So uh, the fact that there are any people outside of this legislature uh, whining and crying about these budget cuts, I, I don't know what you expect between the no pipelines positions and the various other leftist positions they take. It drives me crazy. Uh, unions, when your boss is doing well, you'll do well. That's how it goes. All right. Uh, what else shall we talk about? Uh, let's do, uh, well, while we're talking about Kenny, let's, let's talk about briefly, if I can find the story, uh, quickly on, on that. I don't know if I can off the top of my head. Uh, basically it's a story of since the tech mines have, uh, have pulled their application because the feds were going to wreck it anyway. Um, Kenny has indicated that uh, the province of Alberta is in all likelihood going to invest into oil and gas. Uh, I am not a big fan of government getting involved where the private sector is much more efficient, much more aware economically. They know the business side of things much better. Uh, why do we as Alberta taxpayers have to fund projects where there are or were a number of private sector businesses ready, willing, and able to do it for us? All we'd have to do is sit back and collect revenue. But now we're going to invest. Why are we going to invest? Because somebody has to, because the oil and gas sector in Alberta is dying. And it's not dying because of, of this notion that we are using 
Uh, oil and gas is a dying industry. We are moving away. The world is moving away from oil and gas. You can do a, a 10 second search. You'll see that Russia just invested uh, billions of dollars into oil in the Arctic. Um, that oil use worldwide is going up, not down. All we've done is allowed U.S. interests, U.S. interest groups, under the guise of, boy, I hate to say it, um, we are being played. I believe the First Nations are being played. All of us that are on top of this climate emergency baloney are, are being useful idiots in order to push an agenda to shut down Canada's economy, to shut down our oil and gas especially. Maybe that's something that I will, I will uh, expand on in the future, but um, all you have to do is follow the money. Who gains? Who gains from Canadian oil and gas being shut down? Why are, why are special interest groups paying off individuals, minorities, and likewise uh, to, be, to, to be mouthpieces, to shut down our infrastructure, to, to make a bunch of noise in order to uh, get our, our oil and gas shut down? Who gains? To me, it looks like the U.S. gains. Take it for what you uh, take it for what it's worth. I I will look into it more if somebody wants to chime in and help me out understand why uh, the Alberta government spending money to invest in oil and gas in Alberta is a good idea. Let me know because uh, I'm not seeing a, a huge upside other than uh, uh, you know throwing a rescue rope to uh, to an industry that's had the the crap kicked out of it, but. Um, it shouldn't be the role of the taxpayer to keep bailing out uh, industry that is more than capable of doing it on their own. So, now that leads me into the last point I wanted to talk about, and that is global news. Global news of all, you know, it's almost as bad as CBC doing it. Global News has uh, done a little digging into um, the blockades, especially in the Lower Mainland. Uh, this was 12 hours ago. Uh, let me pull it up here so you can see as well. I don't know how well you can see that, um, but it's there. Um, a closer look at some of the Key players in the Lower Mainland's Wet'suwet'en protests. Um, long, long of the short, we scroll down and we can find. And again, it's an academic. It's an academic. What's her name? Uh, Knight. Last name Knight, who self-identifies as the organizer of solidarity actions with Wet'suwet'en in Vancouver isn't even from Canada. Surprise. She told Global News Tuesday that she was of Yurok and Navajo ancestry with 
roots in California and New Mexico and came to the country eight years ago for school, though did not want to discuss her immigration status. She said, I don't think I need to share my status with you. Well, I guess so. Knight earned her PhD, or sorry, not her, earned her. Knight earned a PhD from Simon Fraser University, where she graduated with the Dean's Convocation Medal for her dissertation, Dispossessed Indigeneity, Literary Excavations of Internalized Colonialism. Described by the school as moving between the separate fields of Marxism, feminism, settler colonialism, and critical indigenous studies. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I agree with uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, who has said... Um, don't send your kids to university unless you have to. If they're going for a if they're going for a course or or a or in, a, in a field that requires it, then then by all means. Um, but if you don't have to send them, don't. It is a waste of money, especially in the uh, liberal arts. Um, by the way, liberal arts, classically liberal liberal arts is is a good thing. Um, th this is a joke. Our universities are a joke. Um, don't send your kids to university unless you have to. If they're going to be doctors and lawyers, fine. But, uh, don't waste your money. Good grief. Marxism, feminism, settler colonialism, and critical indigenous studies. Anytime you see the word critical, it's usually not a good thing, by the way. Um, these are deconstructionists and, uh, and, uh, find fault with absolutely everything. So, uh, they, they like to burn the, burn the place down and then complain about the fact that the place is burning down. Um, it's just weird. Okay. Um, on to the last thing of the day. Um, if I can find it, there was questions from, uh, our last episode. I just want to pull that up for a second. Make sure I get the questions right. Um, just pull it up here. Have to, uh, sorry, I'll have to stop it. I, I'm pulling it up to actually get the comments. Uh, and there they are. Jonah asks... I'd like to see a video discussing if it's even possible for Alberta to separate what would need to happen, what do we actually have to gain, what would it cost, what would it provide that something more simple like fixing the electoral system and cancelling equalization payments wouldn't provide. Those are all outstanding questions. I'm not going to be able to answer them all today. So what, uh, what I will do is I just want to look at a couple of them. Uh, if it's even possible for Alberta to separate. I, I don't understand exactly the context of your question. Is it is it legal for us to separate? Is it possible as in, are we wasting our time even being separatists like I am? Uh, is this pie in the sky stuff that's never going to happen? Or is it a legality? It is legally, we are legally allowed to separate. Uh, so so we, we can in that regard. Um, 
what would need to happen that is uh that's probably an entire show all on its own and i want to do a good one with that uh i will even go so far as to try to maybe get uh one of one of maybe the the local politicians that are in the separatist camp to to maybe help us tackle that question i think it's it's a great question and needs to be answered what do we actually have to gain well um Jonah, I don't know if you've read the Buffalo Declaration. I think if you were to read the Buffalo Declaration, if you punch that into Google, you will uh, you will find the Buffalo Declaration, and it it will show. Um, it gives a bit of a, a background, a history, and actually does a fantastic job of kind of laying out the traditional beefs that we as Albertans. Uh, especially Albertans, maybe maybe the West generally, but especially Albertans uh, have and take issue with. And so uh, I would I would suggest you read that because that would that would go a long way in explaining I think what we actually have to gain um, outside of the twenty billion dollars we send to Ottawa that we get to we get to keep for ourselves. All those all those uh, crying union public sector workers that were. Uh, standing in front of uh, the legislature building in Edmonton today. Um, uh, I wonder if, if they would, like I doubt most of them would be on board with separation. I would argue they should be. If they want their increase in wages, which by the way, some unions do, um, and that's fine. I'll, I'll, whatever. Don't we all want to get a raise? Sure. I don't. I don't blame them for that. But what I would say is, when we send $20 billion of, of uh, Alberta money to uh, Ottawa every year, uh, most of which is then shipped off to Quebec for their, for Quebec's social programs, most of which Alberta can't afford, um, that, that tells you just the beginning of what we actually might have to gain. Uh, I would argue that... Uh, these issues that we are running into with regards to getting our resources to market, um, I would argue that we would have a much easier time. Now, people will argue with me on this, and that's fine. Uh, like I said, I'd, I'd like to have someone smarter than me uh, address some of this stuff, but uh, as a separate nation, I believe we would have a much stronger stance and a much better position externally to negotiate getting our our oil to market than we do inside Canada. We are, we have absolutely no standing. We have no bargaining power inside Confederation. Outside, I think we do. I think we have a lot more. What would it cost? Maybe that's another one that, that we'll have to look at uh, specifically. Uh, it would obviously cost something. Um, I would go so far as to say uh, we would I think it would be fair that we would have to pay our share of the national debt. Although, you know, being net contributors to, uh, it, again, what would we have to gain? We'd get out from under the idiotic spending of national politicians. That would include the conservatives who were, while better than the liberals, uh, this round of liberals anyway, uh, they, they weren't much better. So we get out from under the stupidity of national spending. Uh, but we would probably have to take on our fair share of the national debt where it sits now. Uh, what would it provide that something more simple? Okay, so here's the issue. I agree. 
with your with your with your statement with regards to electoral system and canceling equalization payments. Get rid of that, and and separatism goes away. It really does. The problem is, is that uh, if you read the Buffalo Declaration, it explains to some degree why the electoral system is the way it is, uh, and um, and why it won't change. Or they would argue it needs to change. All four of the people that wrote the Buffalo Declaration are Federalists. They're not. They're not separatists like I am. Uh, they are Federalists, uh, but they do recognize the problems. They do recognize that those issues aren't going to go away, uh, that separatism is going to continue to pick up steam until such time that those problems are solved. The issue is that if you uh, are paying attention to what's going on in central Canada and eastern Canada, for the most part, we're an afterthought, and they don't care. Alberta, in their mind, are a bunch of whiners. And uh, we need to just suck it up and keep paying and shut up or so on, something along those lines. And so uh, it, it's not going to happen. That's the issue, Jonah. It's not going to happen. Uh, would it fix everything? It would go a long way. People like me would, would have to stop our show because we wouldn't have much to talk about because no one would talk about separation. Um, right now, there's a whole lot of people talking about separation. Okay, so... Uh, with that, we're going to go to the mailbag. All right, so uh, for the mailbag today, uh, I want to thank, looks like Matt Rawlings off of uh, Twitter, uh, impu- at Imputationist is, is his handle. Uh, after the release of the first episode, he asks the following question. Well, he asked two questions. One was one was why I, I cut my hair, and it's because I uh, the answer is because I didn't want to look like a dirt. I was going for the dirtbag look, but I I didn't realize how well I pulled it off. I pulled it off really really well, so I thought it was time to cut it. Uh, but his question number two is the one we want to get to. Can you be a separatist and still be submissive to your government? Now I have an answer for this. However. Um, I think it's important to get some uh, some views other than mine on the show, and so I wanted to do uh, what I wanted to do is was call a friend, and I have called a friend. Uh, I've got Pastor Sheldon Andreas on the phone from Medicine Hat. Sheldon, do you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, just before but before you answer this deep theological question, could you tell me you are pastor of what church in Medicine Hat? Grace Family Reformed Baptist Church, Medicine Hat. Grace Family Reformed Baptist Church. So just by the name alone, I can guess that uh, you are Baptist. Uh, you are you are Reformed. Reformed means you take you take the Bible seriously. Then is that right? Yeah, we, we take the, the Bible very seriously. It's it's the only rule of faith and obedience in a, in in the world, according to to all all Christians. So yeah, we, we take the Bible as seriously as as, as God takes us and God takes His own words. There you go. And you guys, uh, you guys meet where and at what time? We meet at uh, Unity Lutheran Church on 12th Street in Medicine Hat, Alberta. At one o'clock, we meet uh, for Bible study, and then uh, three o'clock we meet for service. That's in the evening, of course. And uh, we we usually follow that up with a fellowship meal. And it's a welcome, open environment for, for all Christians. 
absolutely. Okay, good. That's great. Now, I don't know, just, just to make sure you heard the question, I'm going to repeat it, all right? Uh, can you be a separatist and still be submissive to your government? Do you have an answer for that, sir? Well, yes, I do. I think the, the, the canned answer is, is just sweet and simple. It, it's yes, you you can be a, a separatist, but uh, that, that can mean a few different things. Um, I think that all Christians were were called to to not be rebellious uh, in any context. So, so we're not to be to have a rebels a rebels demeanor or a rebels heart. But you know, in in all situations, according to Romans twelve, we're supposed to be trying to live at peace with all people. Um, so, so when it comes to uh, the question of of separatism and rebellion, I see those as two separate separate things. Uh, and it also it has to do a lot to do with with the context that you're in <clears throat> here in Canada. I, I think that there is a legal and and non rebellious form of separatism that we can be a part of, and uh, that is uh, regulated by law. Like some of those would be lobby groups, and I mean even if you even if you wanted to take it down to the bare uh, the bare bones of, of what it means to to separate. Um, if we, you know, have one leader that we prefer over another, uh, the one leader is, we hope he gets vote out, voted out, you know, so so we cast our ballot at the ballot box, therefore we, we want to separate from, from that leader in a, in a democratic way, in a peaceful way, in a, in a way that's been provided to us. Um, uh, by by our government, so uh, that that in a nutshell would be the the kind of separatism um, that that I'm going for the peaceful, non-rebellious uh, separatism um, that that's accomplished by peaceful means, um, and and not uh, and not by rebellious means by by any in any way. So <clears throat> there's a a way of uh, separating it. Uh, According to uh, according to the scripture, that that would be discouraged, and and that I think in the context of of the biblical times when when they were living under the dominion of Rome and and being threatened by uh, with with their lives to to form any kind of rebellion, I think that the, that 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 uh, w- would not be a situation where separatism would be possible at all. They would uh, they would. Uh, become submissive to to the to the kings that were placed over them by God, according to Romans thirteen, and then they would uh, they would live as peaceably as possible underneath those situations under threat of death. Um, and um, when when called upon to to stand up for for virtue, they would um, like the martyrs did stand up and. And say yes, this is what I believe. God, God help me. Uh, and they would be- become a martyr of the church. So, so I don't think separatism is a possibility possibility in all cultures. But here in ours, I think that that uh, democracy, and specifically the democracy and the setup we have in Canada, it makes it um, totally attainable to to be held by by a Christian person. So, as long as you know, let, let's pretend I have a, a firearm. Uh, as long as I don't pick up that firearm and, uh, and uh, you know, start holding up uh, federal buildings or blowing them up, 
Uh, as long as I am following the laws of the land, as long as I'm paying my taxes, I can vote for and hold the opinion of Alberta separation. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, something like that. I think I think that uh, th- there there is a case to be made for for forms of civil disobedience, um, and and I think that even written in our constitution uh, in Canada, we we can. Uh, we we can hold the government more accountable uh, at times by by withholding taxes. I think if they're not holding to the constitution that was was given to us. So um, the the way I would frame that though is that we we live in in a way by two two separate laws. We we live by by the law the moral law of God, and then on the other hand we live by the laws that that God has you know given to us through through the means of government. And, and when the when the government begins to um, to go um, in the other direction from from God's law, I think it's time to to begin with peaceful um, separatist thinking, where, where we want to start moving in the right direction again. So, a good example of that is in Canada, um, our our taxes here are going towards the the murder of, of babies. So. The government takes away a portion of our paycheck, and and a lot of the money that we, we spend at stores um, goes towards uh, goes towards the health care they call it that that is murder of, of of unborn children. I think there's a an area there where uh, where somebody could make a good case for civil disobedience and say, you know what, I'm I'm just not going to pay my taxes uh, any longer. Because I do not want to be an accomplice to murder, you know. Um, I'm not a- advocating for that, uh, but I, what I'm saying is it's Christian and it's possible to to think that way. Right. Uh, yeah, but you know what? I think you captured you captured it, the essence of it pretty well. Uh, if we're not violent, we're not rebellious. We want to we want to walk by the Spirit. We want to walk by the Word. We want to be like Jesus as Christians. And you know what? When he he faced when he faced Herod, he he didn't say anything. He, he just stood there and, and and allowed and allowed that tyrant to to continue his life uh, for a little while longer. Anyway, you know. So uh, all the battles don't have to be won at the same time. Sometimes it's it's wise to to be like Christ and to to show grace um, in the situations that we can and do things as peacefully as possible. Right. Well, um, and in trying times, we are in without a doubt. So, uh, Pastor, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your expertise, although you asked me specifically earlier, if you call me, please don't call me an expert, so I won't call you an expert. Uh, but I, I, I just chased after your expertise. So how, how's that? Did I keep up my end of the bargain? Yeah, I guess you still got the word expert in there in some way, but, you know... Uh... <laughs> Outstanding. Well, I want to thank you for your time, and may you have a uh, have a blessed Sunday. And uh, I am sure I will have uh, more questions in the future. And uh, just just so we can get everything on the record. In episode one, I said all things on the table eventually. Well, you just opened up a couple of cans of worms that uh, I, uh, you know, was it, no doubt was going to come out eventually. But this one kind of uh, uh, took it by the bullhorns. And and uh, so where was I going with that? Um, uh, 
yeah, I lost it. Just like that. That's what middle age does to you. You, for, you forget what you said. Anyway, uh, in the future, if I have more questions, uh, we will be calling on you if that, uh, if that uh, suits you fine. Yeah, absolutely, brother. All right. Well, I thank you for your time. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that was uh, Pastor Sheldon Andreas of Grace Family Reformed Baptist Church. I, I hope I got that right in Medicine Hat. Um, great question by Matt Rawlings. Uh, uh, thank you for that. Um, and uh, that's what we're here for. We're here to uh, talk about certain things. We're talking about all things Alberta. And, uh, and so keep the questions coming. I appreciate it. Uh, I hope you found today's uh, uh, vlogcast, podcast. Remember, I'm I'm almost I'm almost an old guy. Uh, whatever this this is, uh, I I hope you found it uh, meaningful. And uh, thank you for your time. I'm hoping that uh, maybe in the next couple of days uh, we'll fire it up again. So until then, take care.